Hello, everybody, and welcome to Knights of the Pageless Library. I am Bo Knight. And I am Ryan Knight. And today we are continuing our journey into anime, where we are looking at Samurai Champloo. So we have episodes, oh man, why did I forget the number? Seven, eight, nine. So we're looking at the next three. And this is basically like a book club style thing where we are kind of expecting you guys to have watched these episodes beforehand and then check out what we thought, like what we had to say. That's right. So if you're like, why are you doing this? Uh, Because we can. Yeah. Well, and we kind of, I mean, again, the whole reason we started our podcast to begin with was these are all conversations we were going to have anyways. And we thought, Maybe they would be relevant to other people too. So we basically started recording them. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it would be it's fun. So sure. Uh, and if you love that idea, if you hate that idea, or you are uh, undecided on that idea, either way, you could feel free to email us kotpl.pod at gmail.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Yeah. <laughs> I would love a passive email. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> very... Yeah. yeah. Meh. It's okay. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. We're picking up with Samurai Champloo, uh, Episode 7, A Risky Racket. Yep. Uh, directed by Tenseke Yoshimato and written by uh, Seko Tagei. I don't know, man. Takagi? Takagi? You're probably right. Maybe. Uh, uh, sorry for mispronouncing the names. I don't read Japanese very often, so well, I exactly don't really yeah. recognize it. Sure. Uh, the original air date on this one was July 8th, 2004, and the English dub came out June 25th, 2005. Yeah. And so this episode opens up with the, the gang of Mugen Gene, which I think we've been calling him Jin. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But yeah, they His call name him is Gene. Gene. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Foo, they're in a gambling house. And I don't really understand this game, but they're like betting a number, and I guess whatever number comes up is the who wins, and they're arguing over who should who should who should bet, and Wugan calls Jin a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And then Jin's like, what does he say? He's like, who even talks like that? Yeah, he does. I know. And I actually thought that was hilarious because this is supposed to take place like a long time ago. Yeah, so. and I, I feel like Mugen does talk like he did. He talks like a he talks like a person that would be around nowadays. Exactly. Yeah, I do think that's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, they they win because Momo right picks a, a card for them, and uh, yeah, they they win. I think that's what that thing is called, right? Uh, sure. I'm not. I have no idea. Is that what it's called? The, the little, whatever, the squirrel, I think, is what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That You're right. Has. Yes, yes. That is exactly what happens. Yeah. I can't remember if, it's, if that's the right name. Yeah, it's it's literally, its name should be Ex Machina, though, because... Yeah, it shows up when Fu needs it most. Right, and it literally doesn't exist otherwise. So Yeah, which is weird. It doesn't come up at all. They don't. You don't ever see it, like, lounging around or hanging out. No, she's never, like, feeding it or anything. It's just, yeah. Yeah, so the the crew is always obsessed with getting something to eat, so they immediately go to get like I think tempura. Yeah, they go to get some different uh, like soups and stuff. Yeah, they immediately get robbed by this guy. Yeah, some guy bumps into Fu and steals her her freaking purse of money basically. Yeah, and he he runs away. 
Yeah, he's actually able to get away from them. Yeah, even though Gene and Mugen both go after him, they both end up like grabbing the wrong guys and like confronting the wrong people. Yeah, they uh, actually kick the shit out of them, don't they? Yeah, well, Mugen does. <laughs> yeah, Mugen. But Gene ends up running in that room after that guy and pulling his sword on him and realizing it's the wrong guy. Yeah, and then we cut to a different group of guys and they're 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 like I guess the one guy's trying to teach the guy how to walk if he's carrying something that's very valuable. Because he, he takes a package from the guy and he puts it in his shirt pocket. He's like, this is how you should walk. And then that same mugger bumps into him and steals that from him. Yeah, he steals it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Which I did think was really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, they, uh, they end up... Um getting like a tip on who might have stole the stuff right so they go to the house yeah but i don't know where that came from they didn't like, show it it's, yeah. it's off screen yeah but so somebody they, like, told they, them like, where to go kick into this person's house yeah and all it is it's like this older lady and she's in there and she's like she's really sick obviously she's like coughing and hacking and stuff and she yeah, tells them that... signs of sickness exactly so she uh she tells them that Nobody else lives there with her. She lives by herself. Yeah. yeah. She's a liar. Um, so they leave, but they tell Fu to stay to stay there, right? They tell her she needs to stay there just in case somebody comes back. Yeah, and they're going to go get some rest or keep looking. Right. Um, and then we see that uh, that guy who stole the item off of the the other gang of dudes, he's trying to, like... Uh, he's trying to sell this thing, but he can't do it himself. He like needs well, he another needs a, guy. He needs a fence. That's right. Yeah, he needs the other guy to sell it for him. Which yeah. it's opium, by the way. I I put cocaine because well, yeah, it but... looks like it's just freaking white powder. <laughs> well, yeah, I I think that is what opium looks like though. I think. No. Yeah. I oh no, I'm sure it is, but I I just assumed it was cocaine. <laughs> That's a fair assumption. So yeah, the guy's like cutting him a deal. So he can sell this. He's not cutting him a deal. He's basically screwing him over because he right. stole drugs from super, like some pretty important people. And he wouldn't be able to sell them on his own because he doesn't have the connections. Right. <clears throat> then we end up cutting the foo who fell asleep outside that house. And she is dreaming about like somebody laying under a blanket with their face covered. And her little uh, knife is on their body, right? Just sitting there. And she, like, walks over to pull the cover off of the face. But then she wakes up, like, as soon as she does. Like, she's startled awake. Yeah, because she wakes up because that guy comes home, right? Yeah, he, like, slams the door. Because she's, like, on the backside of the house, just, like, leaning against the house sleeping. Yeah, and, like, it's little grove where this house is at. It's not right. conspicuous at all. Sure. Yeah, because this house isn't like in town. It's like clearly out of town. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the the guy who stole her stuff, he does live there because he comes back in there, and so Fu overhears this conversation between that guy and his mother. Uh, we basically kind of find out that he is trying to earn money for his mom, basically because she's sick. Right. Yeah, he wants to he wants to get her better medicine because she's sick. Right. 
and he can't afford that on his own. And I, I get he's supposed to be young, probably about Fu's age. Right. Yeah. Fu's only fifteen. So. Yeah. Granted, all the characters in this look like fully grown adults. Like. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it is a different time. Sure. Like I, I guess because Fu, Fu, Fu had a whole working job and everything to begin yeah. with. Well, and I think Mugen and Gene are only supposed to be like 16 or 17 or something like that. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. That doesn't make... Okay, that doesn't make very much sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so Fu ends up going and meeting back up with Mugen and Gene, but she lies to them and says nobody ended up showing up at that house. Yeah. Because uh, she kind of feels bad for the kid. Yeah. I mean, but you guys are starving. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming it's quite a bit of money he stole from them, you know? I think so. I think they won quite a bit gambling. They seem sure. to go through money like nothing. Oh, yeah. it's It literally just – it's all liquid to them. It comes and goes. Yeah. <laughs> just really hungry. Yeah. And so Fu comes back, right? She, like, is looking through the window again, and then the woman, like, comes out and asks her if she's Sanasuke. Well, how, how do you say his name? I think, I think it's Shinisuke. Shinsuke? Shinsuke? Yeah, something like that. Spoiler alert, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that's sticking that's around. Uh, yeah, but she shows up and she she's like, are you his girlfriend? And Fu doesn't really... She tries to answer, but she can't. Right. Because she doesn't want to tell the truth that her son's kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, because... Yeah, the lady just assumes her son is, like, legitimately making money to take care of her. Well... We'll, we'll find she, out a little bit. She kind of knows, knows something's up because yeah. like Mugen and Jin and Jean broke into his place, her, her place. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I guess we kind of skipped that conversation she has with like his mom. I was like, are you up to something you're not supposed to be doing? And he's like, no, I'm just earning money like a normal kid, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And exorbitant amounts of it randomly. <laughs> yeah. It's totally yes, sporadically. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, and then we, we go – and then Fu's, like, eating uh, – what are they, dried sweet potatoes? And she's like, oh, my God, they're amazing because she's so yeah. hungry. Yeah. Right. Um, And then we jump back over to uh, Shinosuke, um, and he's talking to a doctor about getting better medicine for his mom because the doctor's basically like, uh, you can't afford the stuff that – you know yeah, is better it's gonna cost a hundred times what she's taking yeah 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 and, and the doctor's like i don't i'm not running a charity here like i have to get paid <laughs> yeah for this stuff. which is fair i mean yeah so yeah we kind of see like how kind of jacked up the situation is though yeah um then we clip back over to the fence the guy who's supposed to be selling the oh, uh, yeah. opium for shinosuke um and those the guys that shinosuke stole the opium from find the fence and confront him about the yeah. product um and they freaking set his hair on fire don't they yeah to get him to talk oh my god that's so messed up yeah i think Worst stuff than that actually happens to people all the time. Oh, I'm sure, but yeah, that's pretty jacked up. Yeah, so he obviously gives gives up uh, Shinosuke. And that's one of those things. 
I mean, this is off the off of the anime itself, but that's one of those things. Like, um, I feel like if they set your hair on fire, you probably shouldn't rat whoever it is out, anyways, because there's no saying they're gonna go ahead and put it out once you tell them. Like, that's true. <laughs> you might as well just freaking, I don't know, snitches snitches get stitches. Yeah. And burned hair, so. <laughs> but they're just gonna end up killing you if you don't talk, right? Well, they might kill you if you do talk. I mean, that's, you've that's seen, also true. You've seen Game of Thrones. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is different. It's like a fucking hellscape. Yeah. Everything you don't want to happen happens in that show. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I mean, books. I haven't watched the show in a long time. Um. Oh, that's right. So Fu ends up running into Shinisuke in the street, um, and she kind of confronts him. But those other like gangbangers freaking show up to confront him, and he he sort of he fights with them, and they manage to escape. But then a bunch of like cops show up because of the scuffle, mm-hmm. and Shinosuke panics and he freaking grabs Fu and holds her hostage with his knife. Yeah, and like takes her into like a building. Yeah, he that's right. He drags her like into a building and he drags her upstairs. Um and the other thug guys, they don't get caught because they stopped before yeah, the cops they, like, showed up. They like slink back. Yeah. And they're like watching the whole time. They're not gonna let him escape. Yeah, because the cops basically surround this building because of the hostage situation now. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's where Fu really gets to know Shinosuke because she's like, this is why we find out why she's like, feel sorry for him because, you know, her mother is dead and she's never really had a whole lot of interaction with her father. Mm-hmm. So she thinks it's really great what he's trying to do, even if he's not doing it in a very good way. It's amazing what he's doing for his mother. Yeah, I which, uh, yeah, I guess he's trying. It yeah. makes sense. Well, and then he basically straight up says it in the next sentence because she's like, you know, that you could do better or whatever. You could be a better person. And he's like, I just need mo- money for my mom no matter what it takes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty powerful. This, this episode is pretty sad, actually. Yeah, it yeah, I mean, it it's a little I mean, it's a little weird, the pacing of it. But yeah, Um. And then uh, Jin and Mugen show up, or they walk past the building, and they're like, what is up with all these people here? And somebody mentions the hostage, and they see Fu in the window upstairs. And they're like, god damn it, that's where she's been this whole time. <laughs> yeah, and they see the pickpocket, too. Yeah, that's right. They see him. That's right, because he grabs her, right, and pulls mm-hmm. her back. Yeah. And that's when they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, there he is. It's so freaking... Mugen like busts past the cops, which is hilarious. Yeah, Mugen does what he wants. I know. <laughs> and so then uh, Fu tells Shinosuke that she can distract the cops so he can escape. Yeah, that's so he escape can escape. Because, you know, she feels sorry for him. Yeah, and the dudes that stole, like, that he took the opium from, they, like, find a way th- through the back, right? And they, like, bust in. Yep. Yeah. They, like, bust out this window and climb in. Because yep. they want their opium back. 
Yeah, but then he uh they they get upstairs and freaking Mugen comes busting in on all of them. <laughs> yeah, he does like land on them, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he jumps in and lands on the one dude, I'm pretty sure, which is hilarious too. And then that's right, because Mugen is like obviously he wants to freaking whoop Shinisuke's ass for stealing their money, but Fu steps in between them and like begs Mugen to let this guy go. Yeah. And that's oh, that's right. He freaking throws the opium little opium container in the air, <laughs> and the one guy starts freaking tripping balls because it you just see all the powder like hit him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that would make you unconscious, actually. Oh man, but it is funny. It does, it, it does get kind of funny. Yeah, and he's like, oh my glorious opium. Yeah, that's right, and that's where I freaking wrote it in the notes because I was like, oh yeah, obviously that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought it was some sort of drugs, but I wasn't sure what it was. That's right. What they actually say. Um, so then the cops break into the room also, and freaking Mugen just starts fighting everyone. He doesn't care who it is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like fighting the thugs. He's fighting with the cops. He he don't care. Um, and Shinisuke ends up escaping through the window, and he tells Fu that he will repay her, uh, no matter what it takes. Like he'll pay her back someday, um, if he ever sees her again. So he takes off running across the like rooftops of these houses in town. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Fu jumps out the window then and decides to chase after yeah, him. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I. Yeah, well, if she was going to do that, I don't know why she waited till he was like halfway across the roof already. Like, yeah. Why didn't she do it immediately? Um, but Shinosuke ends up making it to the end of the building and he jumps down and he's immediately like cornered by the police. And he pulls his knife on them, and they stab him immediately. Yeah, it's pretty fucking... It's, he's like, stay back! And they stab him, like, almost immediately. Yeah, there is literally, like, no... They are not gonna talk this one out. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too, that they actually show the police with, like, a variety of weapons. They don't all just have swords. They sure. have those Bidens, which are for catching swords. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. And, like, controlling people, like, they, they show it often in the show i just think that's really cool that they have like a variety of weaponry they don't all just have swords yeah and that comes up i don't think it's the next episode but the one after that when they they end up getting surrounded and all every single guy has like a different weapon mm -hmm. when they surround them and they're all supposed to be police officers too so that that's a good catch yeah but um, he's dead or i maybe he's not dead yeah i think he's dead i'm pretty sure he's dead so uh foo watches all of this go down um, and then we cut to Fu back at Shinosuke's mom's house. Um, and she doesn't really say anything to the lady, but the lady's like, something bad has happened, huh? And I'm probably never like something to the effect of I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. And then, she knew something bad was going to happen. Right. And then Fu just uh, turns around and walks away and the episode ends. Yeah. It's kind of a jarring ending, actually. Yeah, this is a heavy episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of an emotional one, for sure. Even though I find it pretty hard to agree with the pickpocket. I don't care what he's doing. He can't be stealing my money, dude. Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess I get where food's coming from, but still. Right. I don't care why you're taking my money. Don't take my money. Uh, Yeah. So with that, let's move on to episode eight, The Art of Altercation.
This one was directed by, oh boy, double vowels, one yeah. after the other. How do you? I don't. Uh, Kaichi. I feel like you nailed it. Oh man, Sasajima, uh, and written by Dai Saito. Yeah, and this one originally aired in yeah the English was July fifteenth two thousand four, and then the English air date was July second two thousand five. Right. The uh, the original air date was July fifteenth two thousand four. You said English both times. Oh, did I? Yeah. It's all good though. I think I think they get it by now. They know what we mean. Um. So this one. Oh yeah, I had to put a, a stupid note. I said I wasn't gonna mention the opening song again, but for some reason I let this I let it play because I I started the episode and then I tabbed out and I went to something else. So the opening song rolled, and I was just oh I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't really get it either. I don't know. I, just I don't I don't want to dwell on it. Because we immediately get into something great right after this. Yeah, this shit's hilarious. <laughs> With the dude freaking the the guy in the middle of the street, and he's like gathering a crowd around, and a guy runs out with like a mirror and puts it on the ground to put more light on the guy in the middle of the street, <laughs> and then another guy is beatboxing into his sword. Yeah. While <laughs> while the guy in the middle of the street is like monologuing to everyone. And I started laughing so hard when that dude is beatboxing like into the handle of his yeah, sword. Yeah, he's holding it up like a microphone. It looks like a microphone until you see him later, and it's just like yeah, it's, it's like sword. the handle of his sword. But he he put like tape around the end of it to make the end fat. <laughs> it looks it's so great. Yeah, he basically the guy in the purple has like a pompadour haircut. He looks like a fucking clown. Looks like Elvis. Um, yeah, he does look like he looks exactly like Elvis. Perfect yeah. way to put it. Uh, yeah, he's he's like a challenging some guy in the street who's like he's like I've I've been looking for someone the samurai who wears glasses and your name is Gene and the guy's like it's, some, it's clearly just like some fat Asian guy and he's like I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, you've got the wrong guy. My name is something or other, and then it cuts away. Which is something I never really thought about, that it would be really rare for somebody to have glasses in this time. I didn't think about it either until this episode, yeah. Which in, ends up coming to – there's some stuff they do which is hilarious to me. <clears throat> so then we end up seeing uh, Mugen, Jean, and Fu. They're all slumped over and, like, walking. They're, like, dragging their feet because they're either hungry or tired or they're dirty and – uh they're trying to find another way to get some money. So they go to a pawn shop and they try selling some of their stuff or at least pawning it to the guy for money so they can get food and then they'll come back later for it. Yeah, I feel like they're just loaning it to him, right? They're like yeah. collateral. Um, so Fu tries to sell her little sword and the guy says it's pretty much worthless. <laughs> yeah, that's um, pretty trash. <laughs> <laughs> this, I liked this part because Mugen tries to sell his sword and the guy is like, uh, I would not touch anything that's not like a name brand mm -hmm. sword. And it's just interesting because you pointed that out early on in the show that Mugen's sword is very like unorthodox looking for like a katana or something like yeah. that. Um, so then they drag Gene over because they want Gene to sell his weapons. <laughs> but the shop owner's like, 
oh my gosh he's like it's i can't remember what he says this is a once in a lifetime find and he like comes around the desk and he he comes out and he like grabs gene's glasses off his face which they had me hook, line, and sinker because I was like, oh, man, Gene has some special swords or something I like that. I thought so, too. <laughs> yeah, they got me pretty good. Which this is actually a background episode about Gene. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they they pawn his glass. Well, they don't pawn them. They just give them to him so they can get them back. And well, that is, I think that's exactly what pawning is, yeah. is you You give something to that guy, he gives you the money, and then you have to come back and pay for it later. So a pawn shop is just like where they've kept all the stuff. Kind of, yeah. I mean, obviously you could sell stuff to him too, like permanently, and then he could sell it again. But I think when you pawn something, yeah, you basically are trying to get like a hard cash loan and uh, you're giving your item as collateral, basically. Okay. Never, I've never pawned anything before. I also have never pawned anything before, but yeah. I see I enough that, pawn shops. Right. <laughs> Um. Yeah, because then they're all eating, and Gene has no glasses on, and he's just sitting there, all like super sullen. Yeah, as he always is. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and that guy who was performing in the street comes in, and he sees Fu, and he's like, "Oh my god!" She's so, he like pulls his lackey to the side. He's like, "Oh, she's freaking quite a hottie. Go get her attention for me." Yeah, and I love this that the dude like starts quietly beatboxing and like tiptoeing his way over yeah. there. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> and then he offers Fu some food, right? He's like, my boss over there wants to... He's like, here, have this pear, but it looks like an orange to me. I, yeah, it did look weird. And Fu declines the food because she's already eating. And then uh, the guy goes back to his boss and says she doesn't want any of it. And he's like, you get back over there and you tell her, you know, I want to talk to her. It is pretty funny, though, that the guy, like, he beatboxes. So that's right, because the boss goes over and talks to her. And the other guy's just, like, in the background beatboxing while the dude talks. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and food just turns him down. It's like, go away. Yeah. That's right, because then some other gal that's in the corner of the place they're at sends drinks to Gene and Mugen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's a hottie, I guess. I don't know. I mean, for a cartoon, yeah, she's pretty good looking. So, <laughs> yeah, so she basically convinces them to to leave and go with her to somewhere else. Right, and I like this part because uh, uh, Fu makes the comment. You know, she's like, "Oh, it's just so hard being a girl with sex appeal." Yeah, because <laughs> all these guys, like, you know, all these guys are always thinking she's so good looking, and this gal ends up dragging basically dragging Mugen who then grabs Gene and drags Gene out and Mugen makes the comment. He's like, it's just so hard being a guy with sex appeal. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird to me. I know the food's like only 15. It's a little strange. Yeah, it is very strange. Yeah. They probably should have just said they're all 18. Like that's all they needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Say they're all 18 just so it doesn't feel so weird. Um, and then so Fu is kind of jealous that those two left with her. So then we uh, – she says she's going to go see that other guy basically. Um, hey, yeah, because she doesn't have anything else to do. Right. And then we, we jump back over to the Elvis-looking dude, and he has uh, – he found some other guy in the street, 
But this guy... Well, they're fighting on this bridge. That's right. It is on a bridge, yeah. But I mean, this guy is challenging him very intentionally. Yeah, he is challenging the Elvis guy. Yeah. And he yeah. has some fucking fake glasses that are hilarious. Yeah, I They're love so it. They're so funny. <laughs> They're like super square, and they just sit on his nose. There's no earpiece. You know, yeah. there's no side pieces. So they keep falling off his face, and he has to pick them up and put them back on. Uh, yeah, and so they 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 don't they they fight, but the guy like kicks he he comes the one the guy with the fake glasses comes running at this pompadour dude and he he kicks his sword but accidentally like kicks it all the way out of his hand. Yeah, he kicks the Elvis guy's sword, which goes flying up in the air, and the sheath hits him in the head. Yeah, hits the square glasses guy in the head and knocks him out, and then the Elvis guy's sword falls into the ground and stabs in the ground. And this yeah. guy, he totally takes credit for it, like he meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it was the guy was about to kill him. Yeah, the guy would have totally whipped his ass because this guy, this freaking Elvis-looking dude, is not the real deal. <laughs> uh, and that's when Fu finds him, right? It's like right after that. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't. She doesn't catch the gene part at this point, does she? I don't think so. I See, because I when he's monologuing, I didn't catch it in the beginning of the episode. He I, does say it in the beginning. I know he does, but it, I guess I just I didn't put two and two together at that point. But then after this part, he says it again, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's looking for our gene, like the trio's gene. Yeah. But he's constantly saying he's looking for a, an amazing samurai with glasses. So, yeah, the glasses samurai. That's right. Yeah. Which I get the feeling that G like Gene is like he's supposed to be like American I think. You think so? I think so. I, that's that's what it looks like to me. Interesting. Like he's not a. I mean, like maybe he was born in Japan, but I think he's his descendants is somewhere else. Oh, maybe that could be. Oh, then but we jump back to the Mugen and Gene drinking with this lady, and she's she's getting them drunk on red wine, which they've never seen before. Yeah, because she's pouring wine for Mugen, and he's like, what is this red drink? <laughs> mm -hmm. Getting absolutely sloshed. Yeah, and then uh, we have um, <clears throat> her sort of like really talking herself up about how like beautiful she is and all this kind of weird stuff. Um, Gene is about to freaking pass out in the corner. He's over there like doing the freaking bobblehead where yeah. he like starts to fall asleep and he picks himself back up because he's so drunk. <laughs> and then that gal leans over towards uh, Mugen and she drips something into his drink just as he finishes it. And then he like immediately gets blurry vision and passes out. And I, I think she already did that to Gene. That's what I was guessing too. Yeah. Yeah. So she basically roofied them. Um, I put this in the notes too because I freaking love the like, rec like the beatboxing record scratch, and then it, where it says like Shamurai Shampoo, like it it says it's so cool when you cut yeah, back from commercial. Cool. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, I I do I like the the little little like bumpers they use. Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah, or like if they rewind, they do an actual like record rewind sound. That's so good. Mm -hmm. uh, then we cut to Fu. Like we come back from commercial, uh, supposedly back in the day. 
and Fu is hanging out with yeah i don't remember this freaking clown's name that's that's what they all call him is big guy so (laughs) yeah what a lame name too yeah i agree (laughs) yo it's a big guy (laughs) (laughs) terrible uh and he's he he gives her his autobiography that he wrote (laughs) himself i guess well that's what an autobiography is man you're you're right i'm an (laughs) idiot it's just weird to me that it's like on this scroll it's just hilarious though that he's like clearly you obviously want to know everything about me here you should read my autobiography (laughs) yeah what what an opener the one dude is he's freaking while this guy is like talking to Fu and trying to impress her because that's like all he's trying to do is impress everyone uh the one guy is like slowly beatboxing in the background (laughs) so good Mm -hmm. and he basically explains right like he was he was like trying to fight like legendary people but they've always had been defeated before he got there Uh and then yeah like he's like attacking a castle at one point with his his sword just like a burned down wreckage of a castle and some guys like that's the wrong castle yeah he's like this is the wrong castle (laughs) um and so we find out the reason he's looking for gene is because um uh he went to go fight this like supposed master, you know, samurai, but the master samurai had already been killed by his own student. So this guy was like, well, his student must be an even better samurai. I have to go defeat him. Mm-hmm. And that that is Gene. So we get a little bit of information about Gene because this guy found that out from another student at that same like dojo, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah. Uh, and it, that, yeah that'll come up later but um so this is where Fu figures out that um this guy's looking for gene obviously yeah and yeah and then that's cut, cut back to freaking mugen and jen like in the middle of the street just all fucked up because yeah. the, the girl had just taken all their stuff and just tossed them out in the street yeah and, and they have an amazing hangover too <laughs> and uh Fu thinks they're dead because it looks like Mugen's bleeding out of his mouth because mm-hmm. there's wine just running down his face. She just assumes they're dead. <laughs> yeah. But, but then uh <laughs> she, oh, go ahead. Yeah, she like gets them to get up and so they can perform to make a little bit of money. And so she stacks pears on her head and she has or pears, they look like oranges to me. I don't know what they are. I just put pears because it looked just like the thing the guy yeah, showed her earlier. That's what he said was a pear, but it looks like an orange yeah. to me. But she stacks them up on her head and she has her hair tied in pig like in, in two pigtails. And they blindfold themselves, Jin and Mugen, and they, they run. Even though they're like super hungover, they're able to like cut the two fruits in half perfectly and they like land on her hair. But right. but then it's kind of revealed they weren't they were they're still kind of fucked up because they cut the ribbons too that were holding yeah. her hair up. They also cut her hair, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I love the scene too where she's watching them walk towards her and they're both just yeah, like, they're both like stumble shuffling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh. Um, and then uh, Fu asks Mugen if Gene has ever talked about anything in his past. And literally, Mugen's like, "Why would I ever ask him that? <laughs> like, yeah, or, he hates or why him. would I ever talk to him about that?" Yeah. <laughs> um. And then she sort of mentions like what that other guy was talking about that uh, 
he said that Gene had killed his old master. Yeah, so they take the money and they go to get uh, Gene's glasses back. <laughs> this part's so good. <laughs> yeah, he, the the stupid freaking Elvis guy is trying to sell his palaquin, which is a low rider, which doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> the pawn shop guy's like, "Oh, I see you went with the low rider upgrade." <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I was laughing so hard when he said that. Yeah, this episode's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I did like this. I thought it was very funny. Uh, so Gene, Mugen, and Fu come in while this is all happening, while he's trying to sell that thing. And um, Gene gets his glasses back from the pawn shop guy because he can't stand it anymore. And he puts them back on his face. And uh, they they realize that's who he is now, is he's Gene. Well, turns out that like the Elvis dude, he wants to defeat Gene, but that's just because he wants to be popular. Yeah. But the other guy in his group, the guy holding the mirror, right? He was a student of the same guy that Gene was, so he legitimately wants to kill Gene for killing their master. Yeah. That's um, why he was following this moron because he figured he would eventually find him. Exactly. So. Gene agrees that he will fight with this guy. Um, so they go out in the street and Gene whoops this dude's ass like immediately. Like this guy doesn't even stand a chance against Gene, even though all those other guys that were following the Elvis guy were like, Oh, he's a badass." Mm -hmm. when really Gene wasn't even hardly trying to defeat this guy. And he lets him live. Yeah. Yeah. He disarms him, but he, he lets him live. And he says, what does he say? He says something like, um, he says, I did, I did kill the master, but circumstances were different than you think they were. I that, like, I can't, I will not be able to give you a satisfactory answer right, as to exactly. why I did it. Yep. Um, yeah, and this is when the dog shows up, right? Which is actually yes. throughout the whole episode. You're right. And I cannot remember its name right now, but Me its name was hilarious. I'm pretty sure its name was was funny too it is something something silly yeah but the dog sidles up and then and the elvis guy's like oh my freaking dog what's up i haven't seen you in such a long time yeah and then the lady who got mugen and gene drunk shows up and says something about her husband which is mm -hmm. the elvis guy yeah and she drags him away yeah uh and then we cut to like the three of them or like the, the lady and the Elvis guy and a, and his little posse and the dog on a boat or a ship. And they're like leaving town. Um, and he, the Elvis guy makes some comment about like something about uh, what he's going to do next to try to become famous or something like that. Yeah, but, but he's, he's clearly not a good swordsman. I, well, I wonder if exactly. he's going to show up again. I hope it's so. possible. Um, I kind of hope he shows up. Yeah, but then that's the end of that episode. So, uh, so let's move on to episode nine, uh, the Beatbox Bandits, which is such a good name for yeah, anything. I didn't realize it was called that. <laughs> yeah, dude, what a good name. Even it doesn't really make sense. No, it actually would have made more sense on episode on the, eight. Yeah, I mean, it really would have. Still a good name though. See, did something get screwed up? I mean, I'm taking this right off of that's what it said on Hulu and in this thing I'm reading. So 
But the but art it, of altercation also makes sense for episode eight. That's yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, I just I freaking love the name of this. Um, and this one is directed by Hirotaka Endo, and written by Dai Saito again. The original Japanese air date was July twenty second, two thousand four, and the English dub was July 9th, two thousand five. Yeah, and we open up. This is another episode that's like narrated by a different person. Uh huh. So yeah, although we, it makes it makes way more sense in this episode oh, than it yeah, did in the other one. Oh yeah, and it's so much clearer. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I love how the 30 years, apparently, to this guy took him from, like, a young boy to, like, a 100-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, that is I, – I didn't really notice that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we open up, and he's, like, sitting there. He's, like, looking through his book of all the people that have gone through the crossing since he's worked there. And the guy comes in, and he's, like – I can't remember. He's, like, calls him something the ogre, which I feel like it's kind of offensive <laughs> to call somebody an ogre. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, Mari the ogre, you're leaving after 30 years? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just be a normal citizen after today. Right. Yeah, but then – so they he cuts to it. Like, he looks in his book, and he's like, there's actually one day where I let through anybody who wanted to come through. It was, like, the worst day ever as far as the crossing was concerned. Jump back to 30 years ago when he was a young man. Right. So we get this awesome freaking record rewind sound to mm -hmm. jump back 30 years. Um, and then we see our trio, uh, Jin, Mugen, and Fu. And they are talking about the fact that they need a travel permit to pass through this checkpoint. And lo and behold, it's the checkpoint where this the old man works at 30 years prior or whatever. Um, and so they don't have any of these travel permits. So they buy some off of a scalper. And they immediately get busted at the checkpoint. Right. And this and this is what you were talking about where they all have different weapons. Yeah, when they get surrounded, yeah, they have exactly the like like you said, like the little catch pole things. They have like uh like maces on the end of like mm -hmm. a stick. Like they have all sorts of different weapons, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and so they got fake passports. Which they got them busted immediately. Oh yeah, the guy, the, the people knew. But this is like also like one of the hardest checkpoints to make it through, supposedly. Right. <clears throat> and then we uh, we get the old man narrating because he witnessed all of this. Like he witnessed these three get arrested thirty years ago. So this is kind of where he ties into what's going on with the trio. Yeah, and he he talks a lot about like the basic procedures of how they don't want to kill people with bounties on their heads because they can collect those bounties. Right. But sometimes they're a little too hate. Like the guy who's in charge right now is a little too hasty about killing people he's not supposed to. Yeah, and they literally like start torturing freaking Jin and Mugen. Like they throw them down and start beating the shit out of them, really for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Rubber paperwork. Well, I, they even say, like, if to try to sneak through the crossing is death, like, if they catch you. It's so weird. You. <laughs> it's so weird. It is really weird. Even even back then, there was, like, a freaking bunch of government bullshit. Right. Um, yeah, so they realize, they get some paperwork saying that there's a bounty, like, they get a name for a bounty, and they realize they already killed the guy who had the bounty on him. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, well, we could probably still collect the bounty if we deliver this guy's head 
to whoever you know whoever wants him um so they tell mugen he's gonna do it they're like you're gonna go deliver this freaking head and we might let you live if you do this well no i thought he tells them like if he's if he can make it back before sundown him and his friends will be allowed to go through the crossing right and they will be allowed to live because if he doesn't make it back in time they're gonna kill yeah, he's gonna kill them Jin and Fu. Um, but I love the whole time he's explaining this yeah, to Mugen. Yeah, dude, he's doing like the most epic stretching of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. He's just like leaning over, keeps putting his hands like over his head, touching his toes. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty exaggerated, pretty funny. Um, and so they give Mugen this head and they tell him what to do with it. And the old man is assigned to follow Mugen and make sure he doesn't just freaking... Uh, like take off but he's supposed to be going through some like really dangerous territory right they even tell him that that there's like a group of people that might just abduct you for going through there yeah just for being on their territory Mm -hmm. they would probably abduct and most likely kill you the tengu is what they're called yeah which is like i didn't those masks that they're wearing those are like they have in sekiro too i don't know if you noticed that oh sure yeah with like the exaggerated noses on nose yeah yeah I just like this little detail too, how Fu is like, you don't think Mugen would just bail on us, do you? And Mugen immediately is like going to take off and just, what did I say? She's talking to Mugen. Yeah, she's talking to Jean, but she's like, you don't think that Mugen would bail on us, do you? And that's like the first thing that goes through Mugen's mind is that he's just going to abandon him. (laughs) Yeah. Um. This is where, so he ends up in the woods and he's getting chased by uh, these masked people um, and he's attempting to like outrun them and he is doing a great job of Dude, it. I love the fact that it's like there's, it shows there's so many of them, but he's making like really complex maneuvers and like knocking a couple of them off of him as he's going. Every which time, is really yeah. cool, yeah. But he, you know, he keeps going, going, going and then eventually he falls into some sort of fucking pit trap thing that fucks him up. Well, I love how he's like, He's moving, he's like dodging them all and he's getting away and then he stops and he's like, great, where am I? Because he completely gets lost yeah. because of his him running from them. And then, uh, yeah, he falls into this freaking pit trap and uh, the, the Tengu guys uh, are standing over the pit laughing. Um, oh, yeah, I put this freaking note in here, dude, because of the little freaking commercial break scene and this one's so good too. It's like some ps1 like playstation one art style uh I, I can't even explain it i just know when i saw it i was like that's so freaking cool yeah they all are pretty good yeah that's, that's just weird. it's weird to me why the intro is so bad i know the, rest be- of the show is so good exactly because everything else is so good it, it misses very few steps <laughs> other than the intro right well in the the outro music's not very good either. But I don't yeah. think I've even listened to the outro. Uh, yeah. Um, so then we uh, we jump to the old man because he lost Mugen while Mugen was running. But uh, he finds the Tengu where they are. And he talks about how they are some ancient band of like warrior priests or something like that. Mm, which like in this time of peace don't need to exist. Oh, OK. Yeah, right. And so they basically can't find a home because like you don't you don't you don't want like a savage warrior just like he that's all he knows. He can't it's he doesn't nothing. have a trade. 
or anything right. like that. So it's like they don't really have a place in society anymore. Yeah, he has nothing. They wouldn't have anything to do. So, but these guys have all gathered together, right? In this mm -hmm. huge, there's like a huge number of them. Um, <clears throat> and their leader gets up there and is talking about how they are really mad about how like certain samurai basically run the country. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> they're also growing drugs. I think it's weed. That's what it looks like. <laughs> That's what it looks like is weed, yeah. Because they don't really like they don't really focus on it, but at one point Mugen ends up in the field and it like show it does like quick couple clips of the plants, like as he's if he's mm -hmm. looking at them. Um and I don't know, it could be it could also be opium. Um but either way, yeah, they're they're growing drugs essentially. And that's right. like the way they're gonna make money to try to take over the country, basically. And they they're like having this big meeting rally, and they they bring Mugen up and they ask him if he wants to join, and Mugen's like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I don't give a shit. I ain't bowing down to anyone. Like, I don't yeah. want to be part of anyone's anything." So they say basically they say they're gonna execute Mugen because they assume he is working for the Shogunite, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a, the a governmental leader, right? Is what that would be. I guess. Um, yeah. So they think that basically that Mugen works for the government, and so they think he's you know a piece of shit. So they're gonna freaking execute him. Um, and this is when they lock Mugen up, and the old man uh, finds him and tries to rescue him, but he gets caught immediately and gets knocked yeah, out. Yeah, he's like he's like, are you awake in there? And they like knock him out immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty pathetic. <clears throat> um. And then I like this is what I was talking about because then we jump back to Fu and she's like, "Man, uh, I really hope that Mugen or she's like something about he's probably laying in a cell right now, trussed up and you know, bound." <laughs> and then it cuts back and that's exactly where he's at. Mm -hmm. He's all bound up on the floor. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, yeah, and that old man is with him, but that old man is like he talks to Mugen for a little bit, but he's like able to get himself out. Yeah, he like does some really nasty freaking bone crunching. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's pretty pretty weird. But he gets himself out and he takes one of Mugen's shoes and he starts a fire and then he gets himself back into like his straw wrapping. And so like he caused the fire to hopefully so the guys would like let him out like come in there so they could get out. But like the fire ends up spreading way further than they expected. Yeah. Yeah, because this is where uh, the guys come in and Mugen and the old man escape, but I do like this part because they go running out into the field and they stop and then a bunch of the freaking Tengu guys just stand up out of the drugs. Yeah, dude, they just like appear. It's <laughs> yeah, so they're, cool. They're like already there, which was mm -hmm. funny. But then Mugen starts to fight them and he whips these guys' ass like he always does. Um, but <laughs> because the drugs are all burning... It's just putting off all this smoke. Mugen starts, like, his vision starts getting super distorted because he's getting super high. Yeah, and <laughs> that, that guy comes up and he's like, do you realize what you've done? You've burned all of our all of our crops. And he, like, goes to swing at Mugen, but then it changes art styles. And yeah. It, his pole gets super, super long. And, like, yeah. Mugen runs at him for, like, a long time and goes to fight him. Right, but yeah, the whole time it's like really like psychedelic art mm -hmm. style. It is, it is really cool. 
Uh, so then we jump back to uh, Fu and Jean because yeah, I love now Fu, Fu is getting desperate because the uh, sun's going like, down. The sun's going down, but framed through the uh, archway of where they can see somebody's coming running back down the street, and so uh, she sees him in silhouette, and she's like, "Oh, Mugen, he did come back." <laughs> And I forgot to put this in the notes, but it's the same guy that... <laughs> that... Yeah, Mugen had, like, tried to fight him earlier because he was like, what the hell, are you following me? I'm just yeah. out for a jog. <laughs> no, I'm just out for a jog, yeah. So he, he runs right up to her and he tells her that, no, I'm just out for a jog, trying to keep myself healthy. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Uh, yeah, so, the, like, the drugs end up, like, the smoke ends up just, like, engulfing the crossing... And so, like, everybody, they, like, go to execute uh, Fu and Jim, but they, like, just start laughing and, like, basically give up on what they're doing. Yeah, because they all just end up, like, super high. Yeah. But I did love this. It jumps back to freaking <laughs> Mugen and that dude who was going to execute him. <laughs> and he's just, like, partying with the Tengu guys now. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, he's, he's like, it's all good, man. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then we jump back ahead thirty years, uh, to this old man freaking talking about like how great of a warrior that Mugen was, basically just talking all like good about him. But then the very ending, the old man's like, Gotcha. Yeah, and it's what over. the fuck does that mean? I, I don't I know it a couple times because it's like, What? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Why did he I don't know. Why did he say that? I don't know. It's it's done that a couple times with like the outros are really weird. Sure. Yeah, I it's guess like it's like he... the it's almost like a cliffhanger, but it's like super on purpose. They just hook you again so you want to know what's going to happen next week. Yeah. <laughs> in in these 3 episodes, did they even mention the Sunflower Samurai? No, not one time. I didn't think so. Nope. Which is weird, yeah, because, you know, for the longest time, that's all they ever talked about. So well, at least Fu. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That will do it for this week's episodes. Um. So any wrap-up thoughts on these ones? No, show's pretty good still. I agree. Yeah. Definitely has uh, – it's got its emotional points where it can be heavy – but it also has some very, very funny parts. Oh, and I wanted to mention too, because they in this episode they strip Fu naked so they could strip like strip search her, but it's not like sexual at all. And I really oh, okay, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're basically like, yeah, it's uh the the guy who's talking to her, they're having an old lady strip searcher. Um and the guy is like threatening her, saying like, "Oh, if you don't agree to a strip search, we could always do something, you know, more in depth, being mm -hmm. sleazy." So she agrees, but she like turns away from the camera, and she like drops her like robe, and all you see is like the back of her shoulders up. Yeah. And then the, and then it clips away. Yeah, like you said, there's no like hardcore fan service or or anything creepy or weird about that. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Because we've talked about this before that some some anime, especially nowadays, it's just so so much fan service that it's it ain't even worth watching. I I just don't understand what that the point of that is. 
No, I don't really. It's it's really weird, man. <laughs> Me as a grown man watching that in my house alone, like I'm like, oh my god, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's just it too. Like that's sort of another reason we wanted to do this anime squires show is to show people that that's not what all anime is. Anime anime is just another great platform for telling stories. Yeah, I mean. That's what this is. And you can find some really great stories in these things. But so many people are just like, ah, it's just some, it's just a stupid cartoon. It's like, well, it's a cartoon, but it's telling a story and it might be a really, really good story. It's just told through a cartoon. So. Yeah. Yeah, It's not silly nonsense, I guess. Right. Uh, Yeah. I think I'm good. You have anything else you want to say? No, I think I'm good on that. Uh, what are we doing next time? So the next book will be, oh man, Spellbound. Should be Spellbound, yeah, which we probably already mentioned that in a previous episode. <laughs> good. Because we haven't got around to it yet. But yes, the next book will be Spellbound. Uh, and like we said before, uh, March, we're going to be focusing kind of on some sequels to some books we've done in the past. So Yeah. So hopefully you guys stick around for that. And I'd like to thank anybody who's been listening. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. We really do appreciate it. It it still even shocks us to see like that we're getting consistent listens at all. I mean, that's really yeah. awesome. So we really yeah. do appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. Definitely. And the only thing that at this time, I guess we would even ask of anyone is if you find yourself with some time, either one email us, you know, just to say, Hey, what's up? Uh, or, you know, whatever the kids do these days, thumbs up, five stars, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah. Like report, like put us on some like weird, obscure message boards or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tell your friends, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That would work too. (laughs) If you enjoy it. Yeah. Just tell your friends, be like, Hey, I I listened to these two crazy clowns on this podcast. So, but yeah. Uh, So with that, we hope to catch everyone in the next one.